Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Curse me, Rose. Run for your life. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us for Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. At FanCon Comic Convention in Cape Town, I had the good fortune to interview a number of the international guests brought in for the event. This episode is number two in that series and features award-winning creator Eric Powell. Powell has written and provided artwork for Dark Horse, DC Comics, and Marvel Comics, but is mostly known for his work on The Goon, his original series, which has picked up multiple Eisner Awards as well as an International Horror Guild Award. Powell's origin story is a fantastic one and serves as an awesome example and inspiration to creators who want to get along in the industry and do their own thing. We pass this along to Franku and the Diva for the rating. Franku, what did the Diva have to say? The Diva has enjoyed this podcast and rates it... Completely salt-free. Thank you so much to Franku and the Diva for that rating, but for now, without any further ado, please join me, Les Allen, as we release The Geek with Eric Powell. And now, we're releasing The Geek. <laughs> what is your profession? Was Wizard World and, and that range of conventions, do you feel that... Uh, the convention scene in the U.S. is getting oversaturated. That there, that there are too many. Uh, I personally would say yes okay. because I go to because <laughs> I have to go to all of these. Yeah. However, uh, you know, I have to take into account that you know these are in different cities, right. and you know, uh, people who are on the East Coast can't go to the ones on the West Coast, and right. vice versa. So. Um, I would say if, if it was getting too oversaturated that mm -hmm. the attendance would drop yeah. and the opposite is happening. They, they, the attendance for all these uh, conventions seems to keep climbing and climbing. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, I would have to America say... America is so big yeah. that there are so many cities that need one or want one. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I feel like it's getting oversaturated, <laughs> but the fact, the fact would be that it's not. How so. many do you get invited to a year? Um... I, I can't keep track because everyone is everyone like there's so many people that are uh, putting on smaller shows sure. and that I have to turn down because either I don't have the time or there's a scheduling conflict yeah. with a, a larger one that uh, I, I couldn't even tell you the amount it's right. it's a lot we just can't send you an invitation during mid-July no. we know that's a bad time and I, <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I get a lot and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm sorry I can't and they'll finish the sentence for me right they'll say oh I know it's it's Comic Con and sure like, yeah then you should not put your convention your smaller convention <laughs> why on in would July. you even think yeah I don't know uh, Sioux Falls Idaho or yeah. something like that why would you even think of going up against Comic Con I have no clue <laughs> no clue what was your path to geekdom where did it start for you Eric uh, I can't. Uh, I can't really uh, pinpoint it because okay. I was always into this stuff. Where yeah. I grew up, it was. I remember being in, you know, preschool, and all of the other that fell back. Yeah, all of the other kids were really into the Dukes of Hazard at the time. It was a big show at the time. Where did you grow up? Uh, 
where, when or where? Where, where did you grow up? I grew up where I live now in yeah. Middle Tennessee. Okay, right. Um, so I remember all of the other kids, all the other boys being into... Uh, Bowen Luke Duke. Yeah, and, 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 and they to take turns being one of the Duke boys, and they all, they were into the cars <laughs> and everything, and I was really into like Battlestar Galactica, you know? <laughs> I was like, and, and, and weird stuff, and monster movies, and things like that. It just, it was just, they just naturally appealed to and me. And I'm sure that goes down well in Tennessee. Yeah. Well, at the time, and now it's more, you know, now this kind of culture is more accepted everywhere but sure. at the time it was like oh, that kid's weird you know kind of thing <laughs> my mom definitely thought I was weird How because I liked monster movies Battlestar BSG the old one uh, versus because I watched the old one as well yeah How how did you take to the new one immediately or were you kind of uh, yeah <laughs> I remember uh, when I, Starbuck was a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did like the new Starbuck. She's pretty hot. Katie Sackhoff. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, I, I wasn't able to follow that show, the new one, oh, as no. closely as I had wanted. Um, I'd watched a few episodes and I yeah. liked what I, I had seen, but it's so difficult for me to follow right. uh, television shows now just because um, I'm always working. And then and you, you know, if your head's down and you're looking at the drawing sure. table, it's you know, hard to pay attention to a television show. Yeah. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I can't follow a lot of TV because of that. I, okay. The, I watch Game of Thrones yeah. and follow that, mm -hmm. but that's about it. And the reason I follow that is because we have friends over to watch it, so it's like a weekly event. You know, right. I take you time off party. to okay. do that one thing. Uh, as far as other television, I really don't get a chance to watch it. Well, you're going to have to find another show after yeah, this season. Well, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something. Cool. Were your parents, uh, I mean, how do they feel about you? Yeah, it's another space sci-fi yeah. thing. and. How they they, they didn't get it when I was a kid. Yeah. They're happy for me now, <laughs> but they still don't get it. They still don't yeah. understand it. They're gotcha. like, I, you know. That's the, your th comics. Yeah. Yes, the thing for kids. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, they're proud of me. They, they, they like that, you know, I'm, I'm secure and have a profession and everything. But mm -hmm. when I try to get, when I get excited about something and go to show it to them or something, it's yeah. just like lost on them. They, okay. have, just, they don't get it at all. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. How, so growing through high school, still very much geeky interests. Oh yeah. Where did where did art start for you? Did you always draw? Yeah, I was always drawing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, I man, was, hey, that, that's a live podcast. It's yeah, totally okay. okay. Cool. Are you taking that back to the table, or are people still waiting to pick up? Oh uh, yeah. It's to, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> We have, sorry. We've got a drop-off pickup. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I was always, I was always drawing. Uh, I, I don't remember a time in my life when I wasn't drawing. Okay. Um, uh, my grandmother, before she she died a few years ago, gave me. Um, she had found it. It's the earliest drawing I have of, mm -hmm. of mine. Yeah. Um, and it was. It's it's Superman. This, you know, I was probably four or five, but it's Superman and like a plane and lightning striking the plane and everything. Oh, wow. And so it's like, yeah, I, I was, you know, into this stuff, you know, as early as I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, Do you remember the first comic book you picked up? I don't, uh, because uh, I'm sure it was Spider-Man or the Hulk or something yeah. like that, because I remember having those mm -hmm. and... But the, the, 
the area where I'm from is was very rural. Right. So my only access to comics was whatever was on the spinner rack at the grocery store. So uh, I'm sure it was a Marvel, you know, Spider-Man or the Hulk, mm-hmm. um, possibly Superman. <clears throat> and uh, I do I do remember when I the first comic that like affected me and I, I was like ooh what's this right um, I found some Swamp Thing comics that an uncle of mine had right and you know it's my first exposure to Bernie Wrightson's art and that really made an impact on me right uh, he's the first artist that I, I did before I knew his name I knew oh that's that guy because I could look at his art and and pick it out from sure. the other artists so uh, yeah that's definitely the first comic work that impacted me. Right. Mm-hmm. With artwork, when did you realize you actually wanted to make it a part of your life then? Uh, well, it was jun- always a part of your life, but as a, as, yeah. a, as a job. I think junior high or high school, okay. um, around that time, and it was also around that time that I rediscovered comics, because yeah. as you do, you, you start to grow up a little bit, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm too old for that stuff now. Right. And then uh, a friend of mine... Oh, please tell me you didn't get rid of them. Well, I I never kept anything uh, like I don't I wouldn't even know if the stuff that I had I mean to me at that point in time when I was a, a, a young kid yep. uh, it was never like a thing that I had to keep it was you know just there's some books or whatever that was that was know. the thing I read so I don't even know if they were of any value but okay. Um, However, when I when I got re-exposed to comics, they were all in the bags and boards and everything. You know, it became the collector. You became a true fan. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who um, would let me borrow some of his comics, mm. and he, you know, being teenagers, we wanted the violent stuff and everything. Sure. Uh, I remember uh, there was uh, Batman the Cult yeah. that Bernie Wrightson also illustrated. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Hard Boiled, Frank Miller and Jeff Darrow. Yes. And seeing those comics for the first time, because I had wow. never even known that this type of comic existed a more yeah. edgier, you know, more violent mm-hmm. uh, thing, which totally appeals to teenagers. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this is the book my parents don't want me to read. So uh, that uh, reignited a, a love for comics. Sure. And. Um, that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. I, because I, before that, I was already drawing, and, and, but I was, I was doing illustrations, and then I would write you know, little prose right. stories to go with it. I wasn't making actual comics. Sure. And then as I started getting reintroduced to, to some of the you know, new content that was being done, uh, I, I, I totally became obsessed with it. Right. Like, this is for me. It's, it's it's everything I love to do. It's drawing and making stories and everything. Was there any pressure from your parents as to what they wanted you to do? Uh, not too much. My, I, I remember my m- mother giving me some grief about the content that I was drawing. Because I was <laughs> I was a total, like, horror kid. Yeah, I, I was buying Fangory magazines and everything. Oh, yeah. I, I was... And my, my comic readership definitely slanted more towards the horror titles. Sure. And um, uh, I remember, <laughs> I, and I would defiantly, you know, 
buck her uh, <laughs> suggestions of what I should be drawing. Sure. Uh, I remember her asking, you know, sitting me down, I was like, I want you to draw this table or whatever, and I drew like a face coming out of it or something. <laughs> like, she, and then at that point, I think she just gave up. All right, I'm done with you, child. Just yeah, do your just, thing. you're going to do whatever you're going to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, there wasn't too much pressure about it. Sure. Was there, uh, where were the, the first hints of the goon? Where, where, how, how far back does it go? Uh, the goon was conceived around the early 90s, uh-huh. probably uh, somewhere between 94 and 96. I can't quite place it at this mm-hmm. point in time, yeah. but that's when the first sketches started to happen. Okay. Uh, the first full, I had, and I did a few little short stories. Mm-hmm. The first full issue... Uh, I finished in around 97 or 98 right. and wasn't published until 1999. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think I've taken a bit of a jump here. So we're yeah. going straight from drawing heads out of tables and your mom mm-hmm. being pissed at you <laughs> to, um, to the goon. Where did you... Uh, and you realized, I want to do comics. This is, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. How, how did you start? How's a boy from Tennessee start figuring out how do I get to there? (laughs) Again, Bernie Wrightson factors into this because there was a local comic shop and, you know, Bernie Wrightson's my hero and I saw Bernie Wrightson was coming to assign me. Oh, wow. And I, you know, flipped. I was like, I have to get my portfolio and take it down to Bernie Wrightson and, you know, show it to him and meet him and get some books signed. So, uh, at that point, I had already been submitting to, uh, Publishers, okay. companies, Marvel, DC, all of them, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I wasn't ready. I'm, I'm the first to admit that, but I, I, I had uh, got a pretty large stack of rejection letters at that point, yeah. so I wasn't too confident in what I was doing. Okay. And uh, was there a, uh, sometimes with the, the rejection letters, there's some constructive feedback, or it's just a case of thanks very much, work harder, and then come back to us later. Did you get any constructive feedback? I did get some constructive feedback from Marvel. Okay. I remember getting a, a letter that made me somewhat op- optimistic. Oh, that's cool. Uh, however, I also remember getting a, a, a sort of optimistic letter with a few like pages of sample script. Oh, wow. And I wanted to show them that I could turn something around in, in a quick time, like I would be reliable. Gotcha. So I, I got sent these two two pages of sample script and I immediately you know went through and, and did a couple pages Xeroxed them sent them back mm-hmm. and then I got a rejection letter from that criticizing me for for rushing rushing the pages back and I was like I don't know what to do I don't know, you know <laughs> there's no way to win with this right. so uh, yeah at that point I, I had had been getting some rejection. Okay. And um, I went to meet Bernie Wrightson without a lot of confidence that, you know, I asked him if I could show him my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And he was like, sure. So I, I laid it out in front of him. And I know this is what I said because it's quoted back to me a lot from <laughs> the guy who overheard it. Uh, it was like, do you think I got a chance? <laughs> And wow. uh, uh-huh. there with him doing the signing was to- a writer by the name of Tom Snagoski, who yeah. at the time was writing Vampirella. And so he's kind of looking over Bernie's shoulder at the portfolio. Right. 
and um, um, this Bernie, has the makings of a great origin story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bernie actually gave me the first positive criticism I ever wow. got from a fellow professional, right? Uh, or working professional at the sure. time. Uh, and he was like, this stuff is great, yeah, keep keep at it, you know? Wow. And I was like, wow, the guy I idolized just told me this. Mm-hmm. So that I was, I could maybe do this. Yeah. And then Tom was like, hey, here's my card, I'm a writer, you ever, you know, maybe we could work together on something. Oh, and wow. that was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> it's like, that was the best. It was like, got to meet Bernie Wrightson, yeah. met a writer who maybe could get me some work. And, you know, went home very happy. Very cool. So, uh, within like a week, I, I was on the phone talking to uh, Tom. Wow. And it was shortly after that that he uh, found a project for us to work on at an independent publisher. Okay. And then everything just kind of snowballed from there. Oh, very cool. So that that comic shop, your hometown comic shop, you now have to do signings there on a weekly basis. It no basis. longer exists. Oh no! Yeah, it closed down quite a while ago. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Are you in the same town, or have you relocated towns? I'm I'm in the same area. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. What um the you rushed you rushed that sample gig back to Marvel. Now all of a sudden you're working with a professional writer. What were the first couple of lessons that you realized, well, now this is, this is how I have to work now if I'm going to be professional. Were there any main lessons that you picked up or that you had to learn early on? Uh, I, can't, I can't think of like a big, like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to do that, you know, a big okay. lesson. It's, it seemed to be more of a string of little lessons, you know, <laughs> like a, a string of minor adjustments sure. that was a constant... Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less it was um, you know Tom sending me a script and going mm-hmm. okay this is how this is what a script looks like you know, I have to figure this out now. so you actually held your hand most of the way yeah, yeah. oh that's very cool and then uh, that's you know, really cool yeah and the uh-huh. publisher going like alright we need it on this date and then I have to go okay mm-hmm. well if I have to get it done on that date that means I have to do uh, a page every day during this week or whatever, something are you, like that. Are you fast or slow? I'm, I'm pretty quick. Okay. Um, uh, I'm a slow writer. Okay. That's where my <laughs> that's where my Achilles heel is. I'm, sure. I'm uh, um, uh, slow and meticulous <laughs> writer when it comes to like formulating a story. Gotcha. It's not a quick process for me. However, once I have the story, I'm I'm pretty fast with the artwork. So. Right. I'm, try to make up some of that time okay um uh, but yeah the, the writing to me is um, a much more difficult process okay than you know just sitting down and drawing gotcha images. what uh so yeah let's let's kind of move back to the goon now so goon origins in the in, in the deep dark mid 90s yeah when was the when was the first time you started pitching the Goon as a concept? Uh, <clears throat> was it around that time? Yeah, it was. It was maybe a couple of years after I mm-hmm. met Tom and finally started to, to work. And sure. I was just like, I want to do my own. I want to do my own book. Yeah. Um, and I I had come up with a few concepts here here and there that were mm-hmm. not the Goon, but not far off. You know, it was like. <clears throat> 
big guy and little sidekick kind sure. of thing, you know. Because yeah. I kind of, I, I always have loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, the juxtaposition. Yeah, that. yeah. And um, I had started doing some sketches, and, and I knew I wanted to do something with a big, ugly dude. And I wanted to do something that was like. 1930s or depression depression era because I love that time period and I uh, I I didn't want anything modern I don't I don't really enjoy drawing things that are supposed to be super symmetrical and clean and that's just not what I'm best at and uh, I want to do something with monsters so all of that just kind of got so it's just a checklist. I want to do this, this, this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to come up with and something. And all, all of those ideas of things that I wanted to draw right. kind of just condensed and congealed into what the goon eventually became. Right. Uh, I started pitching it around a little bit, and there was a small publisher that I had done a few s- very small things for their short stories and an anthology or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to them... And they wanted it, and they sat on it for quite a while, mm-hmm. and then finally put it out. And I was really disappointed with the printing. Okay. Uh, so they, I only gave them three issues, and I said, "Then I'm going to figure out something else to do because they're not, they don't care about it the way that I care about it." Right. So what's actually, if I can interrupt at this yeah. point, sometimes when people are coming up with their own stuff. Mm-hmm. It's their stuff, and they want to see it work. And sometimes they'll make they'll make sacrifices to have that there. I guess it's got to be a case by case basis. That you can't be too precious with your thing, yeah. but then you can't lose the integrity of the thing that you're trying to no. do. Well, I mean, and this was really bad because I had I had put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this these first few issues of the Goon, right. and. Uh, um, I waited a long time for them to come out because yeah. I, I finished the book in, like I said, 97, 98, right. and it didn't come out until 99. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it finally came out, the, the cover was very oversaturated and dark. Mm-hmm. They had monkeyed with the file or something. Mm-hmm. And the paper, they, cheap, they, they printed it on the cheapest paper they could find. Oh, the newsprint no. literally lifted off with your finger. Like an old newspaper. Oh, yeah. No. It was like, I remember touching the page and going, what? And, and having the black lift off on my thumb. So you've gone from working your ass off to get this ready. Yeah. And now the thing has been made. Yeah. And they've botched, they've kind of botched yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not mentioning them um, by name on sure purpose. No, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to I'm more, I'm uh, more disparage them or whatever. I'm more thinking about the, um, the, the disappointment you must yeah. have felt and young creators who who might yeah you can't be too precious with your thing yeah. because somebody's going to take it and change it and mold it yeah um, but yeah that that would have had to have hurt a little yeah. bit so they were they were not willing to budge on the production value so right. I was like okay well that's going to be it okay so I had to wait for that contract to expire right before I could do anything else with it and so once it expired I did some more material I pitched it to everyone out there mm-hmm. everyone rejected it. nobody mm-hmm. wanted it it was too weird mm-hmm. they didn't understand it and this is the 90s this is when 
you know, not the greatest decade in American comic books. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have big shoulder pads and a big gun <laughs> and some cyborg pieces, the rub life chest. Yeah, yeah, if it didn't, if it didn't have that look, yeah. nobody wanted it. Right. And I was doing a, a book about a a guy with messed up teeth in the 1930s. <laughs> so they they didn't really. No one was really excited to right. for the for that. Gotcha. Um, and I remember I went to a show. Also at this time, I had been working in comics for a little while, doing inking jobs and little various uh, fill-in issues here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, around the same time, I, I was pitching the goon around to publishers trying to get them to pick it up. That all dried up. Okay. So I remember going to a convention in Chicago by myself. I drove from Nashville to Chicago. Wow. And I think I sold one sketch uh-huh. for like $50 or something like that. That's not even petrol. That's no. not even gas. No. It didn't cover the table. I didn't cover the cost of the table at the convention. So I drove home and it was the most miserable <laughs> ride. You did the solo? Solo, yeah. I rem- so you're sitting in there and you're an eight hour drive, eight hour drive home by myself, just thinking like you are a failure. So I'm guessing you're going Illinois through Indy. So you got flatland miles of yeah. nothing. Yeah. And you're just abusing just, yourself mentally. Yes. I, I thought, you know, I was, I was a complete failure. I'm not going to make it. I, I'm a total washout. No. It's like, well, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do other than comics? But uh, I, I kind of, on the way home, I thought this whole thing through and you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it one shot because I don't feel I've ever been given the opportunity to show off what I could really do. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put yeah. out this book and I, you know, if it, if it bombs, then fine. I know I was never meant to do this, but right. I'm at least going to do it one time the way I want to do it and show off what I can do. So I uh, went and took out a loan, yeah. started self-publishing, created Albatross Exploding yes. Funny Books, and we put out... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Albatross, the native bird of Tennessee. Yeah, no. <laughs> what? Well, there's a, there's a very complicated reason for this title. We one, do, okay. yeah, I'm a, one, I'm a big Monty Python fan. Yes. And Albatross, Albatross Exploding Funny Books sounds uh-huh. like Monty Python's Flying Circus. I wanted that kind of absurd title. And Monty Python also has the Albatross piece. Yes. But <laughs> in the ordering catalog... It's alphabetical, so I wanted a company that had an A in it, so I was like, Albatross, and I made up this fictitious publisher named Dwight Albatross. <laughs> so that's where the title, or the name... Right below Oddvok, yeah. with Dave Oddvok. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, that's where Albatross Exploding Funny Books that's came hilarious. from. And, uh... So I took out a loan, and uh, I, I actually traded some uh, uh, artwork to uh, some illustration work to a printer right. that gave me a great deal on a col- one color comic. Like so a trade exchange, okay. yeah. So I did a bunch of illustrations for an wow. ad campaign they were doing, and they printed. Uh, a few thousand posters, like uh, advertising posters yeah. that I could ship to the retailers for free, right. and a few thousand color comic books. And it, there's a, it's the, the Goon Color Special number one is what that book is. So if that, uh, if that 
printer had not traded me, you know, that work in exchange for the printing, you know, I don't know, because I sent out a lot wow. of free comics to retailers, and yes. so many of them came back and said, we got that comic in the mail, and that's why we ordered it. Mm -hmm. It was a really good-looking comic. Right. That's so, a really interesting trade exchange idea. Yeah. It's also and they, they came to me with that, so I was I was oh, blown really? away. Yeah, it was it was perfect timing. Now, all this whole story, you know, you you go back on it, it almost seems like it's some kind of This is a perfect origin story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a perfect we need we need an Eric Powell origin story <laughs> where we possibly relate, yeah. Maybe the goon could be yeah. that, you know what, Drawing is Lee Marvin. Lee, Lee Marvin. Yeah, yeah. Is Lee Marvin. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it, it's one of the things we try to do with the release is um, speaking to people who have done things, who are doing cool things, is to a bit of encouragement to creatives out there. Look, this is this is this person's journey. Yeah. Eric, eight-hour drive where he was probably having <laughs> the worst conversation is conversations in his own mind. Yeah. But he kicked on and he did it. The idea of being inventive, even though they came to you, the idea of being inventive of a, of a trade exchange. Hi, I'm an artist, I'm a good artist, I can do this. How about I do this for you and you can help me with some printing? Yeah. That's, that's just a fantastic idea. It was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy timing, crazy uh -huh. time. I, rem I, remember I remember it happening and, and going like, can, you know, we'll trade you some printing, can you do a comic? Is, they're like sure and you're, you're yes yeah yes, I, <laughs> yeah I think I know a guy yeah <laughs> so yeah um, mm -hmm. uh, I did uh, four issues through albatross mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I started to get immediate buzz on the internet which was new newish at the time uh, and people were just started talking about the book and then uh, Dark Horse came back to me mm -hmm. after they saw it was gaining some traction. They were like, hey, why don't you, you know, you want to bring the book over there? And I was like, yes. <laughs> because I, at that point in time, I'm trying to juggle, you know, printing, distribution, yeah. everything, and, uh -huh. and do the comic. And I was like, mm -hmm. and, and Dark Horse was always my favorite right. publisher. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, get to do a book alongside, you know, Mike Mignola, Frank Miller, Jeff Darrow, et cetera, et cetera. Mike Allred. I'm sounds, like, sounds I want to right. be in that company. Yeah. So uh, jumped to them, and the, and then it kind of just went from there. And uh, Albatross exploding does it still exist as an entity? Yes, I've actually okay. gone back to it at this point. <laughs> um, it, we've, we've condensed the name a little. It's just uh -huh. Albatross Funny Books at this point. Gotcha. But it, if you want to put the exploding nice. in there, that's fine. But <laughs> Very cool. we, the logo just says Albatross Funny Books. Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've jumped back to self-publishing. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I want, I'm trying to build this a little bit just as a, you know, a, a challenge for myself to see if I can you know, uh, start... Uh, as a creator hub? Yeah. As you come to Albatross... Explode. You've got to leave the, when you talk, leave the exploding. It's not without funny books. Uh, so AEF. Let's do yeah. AEF. So is it is it um, supposed to be a creator hub? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm publishing other people yeah. for the first time. Really, sure. um, uh, we're doing a book called Mamwolf that just came out last week. Right. Uh, so that's our actually, Mamwolf based on the old horror, old horror Mamwolf. 
No. Okay. Nam. As oh, in Nam. Viet, oh, Nam. As in Vietnam. My it's, it's about a werewolf in Vietnam, if you... That's <laughs> even better. That's what? Yeah, it's a crazy, who's, like, who's weird... Fabian uh, Rangel Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, Logan uh, Farber. Faber, wow. sorry. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, is the artist. Uh, that sounds so, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Oh. So that's my, uh, you know, my first bit of publishing other people's sure. work and okay. this new version of Albatross. But uh, and I'm doing uh, uh, a new series called Hillbilly. It's a kind of a fantasy take on you know Southern American Appalachian mm-hmm. uh, world mixed with Conan. Rich culture. Yeah, mixed with uh, a Conan style fantasy universe. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and um, and we're doing a kids horror anthology called Spook House, which has myself and a bunch of other people in it. Wow, that sounds fantastic. I know you're you're pressed for time. You've got to go do a signing now, Eric. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting oh, no problem um, if I we, we finish off our podcast with uh, each of our guests providing a pearl of wisdom a lesson that they've learned a piece of advice to young creators out there somebody who might be trying to get along and, and looking for a little bit of inspiration yeah. what one thing could you actually uh, <coughs> could you share I, I've, I've told this not only to people wanting to do comics but just mm-hmm. in people s- struggling in any walk of life right life is 99% failure you're, you're going to fail way more than you're going to succeed mm-hmm. but to, to, to fight means that you're going you, you know that and you're mm-hmm. still going to fight for that 1% right. and I think that's you know um, that's the important thing if you sure. want to do something you have to realize you're mm-hmm. going to fail more often than you succeed mm-hmm. you know it's the difference between a, uh, you know uh, are you a pessimist or are you an optimist? I'm like, no, I'm a realist. I know I'm That's going right. to fail more than I succeed, but sure. I'm still going to fight for that 1% right. and try to make it work. And I think if I didn't have that attitude, I wouldn't have gotten this far. That's I would right. be doing construction work. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Eric Powell, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you sure. for having thank me. Thank you. free! That was Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. What the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rotten command here. To contact the show, you can email us at releasethegeek, one word, at geekxp.co.za. Thanks for listening. I'll be back.